Welcome to the Encounter the Gospel podcast. We hope that this podcast encourages you and inspires you to live a life in the fullness of Jesus. Well, hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Encounter the Gospel podcast. It's been like a year and almost, almost a year and a half since I last released an episode. Um, but 2020 was crazy. There was COVID and all the other crazy things that happened. Uh, and now we're back. And what's really great, what's really amazing and beautiful is uh, got my, my brother Ernie here. Um, and he's joining us. So we're back. Hello, Ernie. You're here. Hello. I'm here. <laughs> Dude, how are you? Doing really good, man. Living life in America. Yes. Yeah. Insanity. Ernie went back in... He left Australia when? What was it? September? September, September yeah. September. And then... Went to Canada for a month. Quarantined. Saw my family and then moved to America. It's beautiful. Yeah. Had to go see uh, about a girl. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I've just been here in Australia um, in the beautiful Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Gold Coast. So, all right. So uh, today um, we're talking about the Bible, man. Uh, God's word. And uh, so I was telling Ernie that a couple days ago or I don't know, it was last week or something. I don't really know when, but I was watching YouTube and came across this video where this guy was commenting on a video where somebody interviewed the Bible project guy anyways. So basically he was just talking about like the, the gist of it was, you know, kind of what is the Bible and what is it not? And it really got me thinking like, oh man, like what kind of misconceptions do people have of the Bible and of God's word and the way that we view it, right? And um, even for me, one example that I have in my own life of kind of what was spoken to me or a view that was given to me about, you know, the Bible was um, my, my dad, God love him, he's amazing, Um, beautiful man, but he used to say, he used to say, uh, the Bible, you know, it stands for basic instructions before leaving earth, (laughs) Uh, which is, you know, like really cute and everything. Um, but in reality, if you actually kind of, you know, when I was watching this video that kind of came to my mind and I realized, oh man, like that's, you know, really cute. But if I actually started living from that place and that perspective and viewing the Bible, in that way, then uh, I'm actually reducing it down to kind of a manual or a handbook, right? And, um, and it, you know, and then I start to go, okay, I'm, I have this in my life. So what does the Bible say about that? And then I go and find some verse or whatever that can apply to that. And then, you know, try and apply that to my life, right? Which is, there's nothing wrong with that. But if that is my, the only time I interact with the Bible then, or God's word, then in reality, like I'm not like I'm reducing it down to something that it isn't. I'm missing the full picture of, of the biblical narrative, right. As, as a unified story that points to Jesus. 
um, and I'm only getting bits and pieces and in reality that's not healthy. So it just got me thinking like, Oh man, like, yeah. What are some of the, what are, what are people, uh, what are just some misconceptions? I don't know. Ernie, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think people do have a lot of misconceptions. Like, I mean, I'm sure all of us do at some point when we approach the Bible and I think it, a lot of it has to do with culture. Mm. A lot of it has to do with heart motives and things like things like that simple approach as to like, why do we read the Bible or why do we go to God's word or something like that, right? And I think often things can define that like experience and all that stuff, right? And like simply like why are there so many churches right mm. and it's like the bible specifically says that we're supposed to be unified but now how is it that you know in my little town that i used to live in a town of 7500 people and there's 13 churches do you know what i mean like there's <laughs> now you got yeah. what 13 different doctrines 13 different beliefs and all of it has to do with um, oh, I don't believe this simple part of it. So now I'm going to go and start my own church and we'll be different and we'll believe different things. Mm. And I don't know, like a lot of it, I think a lot of us pastors and things like that, like we've kind of strayed away from truth and just simply just reading the Bible and actually just being able to tell the whole story in like in its full form. Mm. you know and, and jesus specifically said that in john seventeen three, i think it is where he said that he's like talking to a bunch of people or was he talking to his disciples or something and he's just talking about eternal life you know and i think me growing up my idea of eternal life was i don't want to burn in hell right you know what i mean and so it's like i need like i like gave my life to god but it was in fear. Yeah. In fear that I would burn in hell, you know? And it wasn't, I'm not saying that I regret that. Like, it's just, yeah. it's just where I was at my time. And it's like, I'm still saved. Like, yeah. Salvation. I got it. You know, I'm in. But now it was like a journey of relationship that was built, right? But um, in this stage, like, it was all fear based. And, mm -hmm. um, but in John 17, Jesus just simply says that this is eternal life. Eternal life is to know God. You know, and now all of a sudden it's like, whoa, to know God. Like, how do you know God, you know? And now it's just, I think it's just become really simple. Like, it's just simple relationship, right? Mm. Um, and I think all of us can we can all journey in that relationship and learn to hear from him and things like that. But I find that a lot of times where misconception kind of lies is a lot of it has to do with our heart motives, like mm. the way that we approach it. You know, like kind of what you were saying, how when you have a problem in your life, you quickly go to the Bible to see if there's an answer for you. Right. And, you know, I find it, often like if you use the example of 
if somebody believes that God's not a healer, then they will read the Bible or they will approach the Bible looking for things to prove their motive or their heart, what they believe. Mm. So now they're going to find every scripture that says God's not a healer. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's like, and now we're approaching the Bible and we're approaching our questions in our hearts with that motive. Right. And it could be along with other things like, I mean, you got so many topics in the world and so many issues in the world. And right. it's like people approach it with certain motives. But if we like, how do we transition from this motive and how do we let go of all our motives? And we just simply come to the word of God with just a surrendered heart and just going, God, I just don't know anything. Would you teach me? Right. Yeah. Right. Because at the end of the day, like Holy Spirit is the great teacher. Right. Right. It's kind of like this. Um, it's just flipped day. Eh? Like. Because mm-hmm. I, I get what you're like. I. I resonate with what you're saying. I think I see a lot of, um, even what you started with, you know, of kind of like the, oh, like the perspective of, I just don't want to go to hell, you know? And it, and then we kind of almost approach, even in our like evangelism, like the way that we share the gospel a lot of the time is like, oh, like, do you know where you're going? Like, uh, I'm sure that in Kentucky somewhere there's a billboard that's like, if you were to die today, do you know where you're going? (laughs) Um, which is, you know, fine or whatever, but like we, you know, it, it kind of develops this escapist mentality, right? Where then now getting a ticket out of hell and into heaven becomes the goal of the gospel, the goal of what Jesus came to do. But in reality, like that's actually not the goal. Like that's not actually what Jesus came to do. He didn't come just so you could go to heaven and then that's it. And then you could go on living your life exactly the way that you were before, but it's actually like, it's about transformation. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that is just so good because it's kind of like what you're saying here is, um, you know, we can have our experience. We can have our worldview that we've already created in our mind. Right. And then we can approach scripture and try to form scripture around our already established worldview and try and make it fit with our experience and our worldview that we already have. Or we can flip yeah. that, right, and then approach scripture from a place of that mindset of transformation of like, okay, it's actually not about trying, you know, to prove what I believe is right, but actually getting humble in the way that we approach God's word and actually allowing it to transform us so that we're not just, I don't know, like, because everyone has different experiences. Everyone has different worldviews. I mean, you know, like you, like you said with the churches, you know, it's, it comes from all these different experiences and thoughts and views and whatever. But the reality is, yeah. is if we would lay those things down and actually approach God's word, right. And even going, you know, not letting experiences drive you into the word, but allowing yourself to go in with that mindset. It, it actually drives you in so that you're like, okay, 
like I want to see the full picture of God's word and then not just see it and understand it, but then become it. Right. Cause that's the goal. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Cause if Jesus lived the life that we were meant to live, right. And he's the word, like the word became flesh. So that's Jesus, right. He lived the life. So, okay, mm-hmm. cool. If that means Jesus is modeling, like he became the word, that means then we should be becoming the word. Right. Cause he modeled right. it. So therefore that's the life God has for us. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it's, good, man. It's good. It's so good. Like, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, I think often people do think about all that stuff. Like, you know, we've got, we've got life, you know, we've got this one incredible thing called life and we only have one, one shot at it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're, you know, it's like, how do we live that to the fullest? Yeah. How do we live that out to where purpose is fulfilled to where when we go to sleep at night, where we have peace, Mm. you know, like where, where we can just rest our minds and our hearts and we can just be in this place where we know that like, that God's real. We know that we're a son. Yeah. You know, where things are just okay and life is just meant for, for, like, we're just fulfilled. Yeah. You know, and all those things, like, the whole thing about becoming like Jesus, like, Jesus lived the life that we're, Jesus modeled the life that we're called to live, right? And I think he wouldn't say, follow me, if it was impossible. Right. Right. So that means it's possible. And then he says things like, "Greater, th- like greater things, all do- uh, you'll do. Mm-hmm. Like it's better for me to leave so that the Holy Spirit can come." You know, and it was like that was the first time that the Holy Spirit is now living in in all of us, in all of God's sons and daughters, resides the Holy Spirit, like the Spirit of God. You know, and you know, it's like, what are we doing, living that out? Like, are we the greatest representations of? god like when we meet people like are they gonna is it gonna be like they encountered the love of god when they meet us you know and it's Mm. i mean those kind of things are obviously hard because it's like everybody goes through things in life a perfect life isn't promised like we'll have circumstances and we'll have situations and all these things you know and it's like james talks about all that stuff where he's just saying you know, like you'll have trials, you'll have tribulations. Right. And each person I think does have a trial and tribulations at certain times. Some are bigger than others. But I think just knowing that God is never going to let us be in a situation where he knows that we cannot get out of. Yeah. Right. And he'll use every situation in our lives to, outwork his love and outwork the Mm. kingdom right right it's about your perspective hey yeah like oh man so much so much has to do with perspective like oh that is just such a big thing right like we like our perspective on our circumstances our situations how we approach stuff Mm -hmm. uh like how we approach even conversation like all of it has to do with our perspective. Right. 
You know, like, is our perspective the way that God would perceive, like, look at it? Right. Right? Like, are we looking through the eyes of God or, you know, do we have lenses over our eyes? Mm -hmm. Lenses of offense and lenses of experience and all this stuff. And it's like, we're seeing through that. And now all of a sudden these lenses are all scratchy and now we can't fully see and we're not clear, you know, but or mm. if we just remove that and we just see through the eyes of God, you know, right. and I think it would change a lot of things. It so, would bring a lot of unity. Yeah. Okay. So and, let me, let me ask a question here. All right. Cause we're talking about seeing through, you know, the lens, the eyes of God. Okay. So how do you do that? It's mm, a good question. <laughs> the so I think that you know if Jesus lived the life that if he modeled the life that we're called to live, then I think we just simply just follow that, right? And if eternal life is to know God, and God says things like seek first the kingdom of God and all things will be added unto you. So now it's like, okay, how do we know God? What does it take to know somebody? And I think Matthew, is it Matthew eight? Where it talks about the secret place. Or is it 18 or something like that? One of those somewhere in there <laughs> or maybe something else somewhere in there, somewhere in Matthew, but Google it. Um, Jesus is talking, yeah, Jesus <laughs> Jesus talks to a crowd of people and he says, um, he says, don't, when you pray and things like that, like don't go out and mo- like present it to the world. He says, when you pray, go into the secret place, close the door, go into your bedroom, close the door, and in the secret place, your father will meet you, right? And it's what's done in the secret, your father rewards you openly. Mm. you know and i think it's like if we're in a place where we actually just know god like what does it take to know somebody you know like it Mm. causes just quality time yeah it's time spent to know somebody the more time you spend with somebody the clearer you understand them the more you trust them Mm. and i think it's a lot of it is just quality time and from that place, I think that's where things would start to um, become clear. You know, mm. like you would better understand God. You would better start to understand yourself. Mm. And you would just better be able to love. Yeah. Right? Like but the Bible says that if you love yourself or love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And I think like, so what's maybe just love yourself. Maybe love the way that you look love the way that you do things, love the way that you are. And it's like from that place, you can love others, Mm. right? And it's just time spent, quality time spent in the secret place with the Lord. Right. And it's just receiving from him and, um, and it's just communing with him. I think we have to, we have to be careful in that as well, that we don't want to just make it into, um, a methods mentality, mm. right? We don't want to go to, we don't want to just go to God because of what we can get from him. Like we have to be careful that we don't want to make it into a methods mentality, right? Because I think often like when we're going through stuff and when we're 
learning to walk through a situation um, and we can just we can easily just go to like oh I need to do this I need to do this I need to pray I need to do this and often think all of a sudden things just become methods mm-hmm. but it's like but why are we steering away from relationship mm-hmm. right where's the place where we just get alone in our bedroom and we say God hey God I don't really know how to walk out this situation how do i do it Mm. you know and it's like if we ask him a question know that we can receive an answer Mm. because like any dad he's going to give you an answer right right as a best friend if you ask your best friend a question i'm sure he's going to answer you (laughs) right right okay so follow-up question right so how do you Okay, so how do I, you know, see through the lens of God? Well, that's the secret place, right? Communion, spending time with God, um, but in that not letting it, you know, become a method or come from a place of religion and just going through the motions, but continuing to keep my heart soft towards, you know, God and the things that I'm doing with him. So, okay, so then, you know, if we judge things, you know, we judge kind of the heart by the fruit, Right, the fruit is the indicator that shows us um, where where we're at. Um, then, how do I? How can you know? Um, let's say you know you're going through some trial or something like that. How can you know that you are seeing through the lens of God? Right? Is there a way to, you know, even like like you can get really practical with that as well? But like, is there a way? to kind of judge that and be like, Oh, like, okay. Yeah. I am walking in, you know, God's ways and not, you know, my flesh or whatever. Does that make sense? What I'm asking? Yeah. yeah, That makes sense. So, I mean, even in all that, like it's, I think at the end of the day, it comes, it's, I feel like it's almost always going to come back to the secret place because of, that's the place where you would know God or you would get to know him and quality time spent. So now it's like, if you understand the way that God would work and the way that God would see things, then you would better understand the way that you would see them. Mm. Right. And obviously the Bible has so many different um, circumstances and ways to understand God's heart. And it's like his love letter to us and, if we just read even the life of Jesus and if we really just start to understand like some of the situations that he faced too. Mm. Right. And it's like, I think if we even just simply look at that perspective of, you know, like would G- what would Jesus do in this situation? Mm. You know, like, do you remember, do you ever see those like bracelets there, things like that? Like yes, WWJD WW, JD or something like that? Yes. Like, and then the Jesus subsequent, similar to like he what would you love said at the first. beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it's similar to what you said at the beginning, but it's like, you know, like what if we actually took that kind of perspective on things? Mm. And um, like you got so many different situations where Jesus had opportunities to be offended. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or if we even look at, like, if we're looking at him as a ministry, like, if we're counting numbers or looking at 
the situation. Like his ministry only lasted three years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to the world's eyes, it was it almost looked like he kind of failed. Big flop. Yeah, like it's only three years. Um, he's got a total of like what twelve dudes, right? And one of them betrayed him, so now it's eleven. You know, mm. and it's like, I don't know. Like we we look at the perspective of that, but not once did he, not once did he like yell out and yeah, I don't know, yeah. lose it or anything like that, right? Like he stayed in this place of just surrendered heart, and you know, I even read that. Like the, I think it's pretty important the way that even the scripture uses some letter or wording as well, where it just talks about even he's at the last supper and he's going, Hey, like one of you guys is going to betray me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's just like to the world betraying, betraying somebody or that feeling of betrayal. It's like, it's probably like one of the most scariest things in the world right. for some people. Yeah, to be betrayed by one of your best friends, and it's. But I don't know if Jesus really looked at it that way. I don't think he looked at it as you betrayed me. Right. Right. Like he, I think, looked at it from the perspective of, oh man, like if if you knew mm. how much God loved you, and if you knew your identity, like what's who all you are. <laughs> yeah, like if you knew what access you had, and yeah. like what God's done for you and what God's going to do for you. And if you loved, if you loved just from a pure place, like, man, you wouldn't do the things that you did. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. And it's like, but easily in that moment, if we're looking at it from the world's perspective, like, Oh, if you betrayed me, it's like, Oh really? You could just go on for mm-hmm. any regular in quotation person. Yeah. Would yell out for like five minutes at this person and just, like, oh, you did this, you did this, you did this. And it's like, but Jesus didn't do that. Yeah. You know, he looked at it and he looked at the person and he still loved him. Mm. And yeah, he said, hey, like, so if this good. is what you want to do, then yeah, be released, be free. Yeah, I think that's so good, hey. Like, I love, yeah, kind of where, where you're taking this. Um, and even almost on like a, taking it just a step more like practical, like, I love this, um, just kind of the idea of like, okay, whatever situation I'm in kind of as a gauge for myself, um, for like, like, okay, am I walking in love right now or am I deceiving myself in the way that I want to respond? Um, is in, um, kind of taking whatever my situation is or whatever has been done, you know, whatever trial or, you know, if someone has you know, been really crappy to me. Um, and then putting Jesus in my shoes, right. And seeing how, mm-hmm. like, can I see him responding the way that I want to respond right now? Right. Cause you even look at, you know, like you said with Judas, it's exactly, you know, if Jesus responded the way that we respond, like exactly like you said, you know, he'd be offended and just, be, Oh, how dare you? Right. And it's like, you know, even in the in the word, it's he's like, oh, one of you is going to betray me, right? And they're like, oh, you know, not me, not me. Who is it? Not me, right? If if Jesus responded the way that we would respond, knowing that, like knowing, like no, I know you're going to do it. Yeah. How dare you lie to me? 
I know, I already know that you're going to do it. I already know, God's already shown me. How dare you lie to me right now? I can't believe you're going to do that. After everything I've done for you, you're going to go, but you're going to go and you're, and even with a kiss, like I know that literally right after this, you're going to go, you've already taken the money. I already know. Right. And he just gets offended. Right. And he's like, oh, I can't, I can't even believe it. How am I ever going to trust anyone ever again? Right. And it's like, if he responded the way that we were, a lot of times we want to respond in these situations like, but then we hear that and, and we hear that in the perspective of Jesus and it's like, Oh, he would never do that though. It's like, okay, cool. So if you don't see it in the life of Jesus, then why is it okay to see that in the life of you? If Jesus lived the life that we were supposed to live, what are we doing? You know? And so kind of taking, you know, my situation, whatever I'm in, putting Jesus in my shoes and going, okay, can I actually see him doing that? Oh, no, I can't see him actually doing that. Okay, so then I better not do that. Because that means it's not good for me. If I can't see that in the life of Jesus, then it's not for me. It's not mine. So, anyways. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. But I think coming back to, you know, the word, how in the heck am I going to know? what Jesus would do in a situation if I have no idea what the word says, because the reality is, is the whole Bible, old Testament, new Testament, it all points to Jesus. It's a unified story that points to him. Right. I love the idea that it's a beautiful love letter. Now, Mm -hmm. if you jump into like, you know, the middle of, um, what's one of the savage books? Yeah. Exodus or, um, is it Deuteronomy? I don't know. There's some pretty savage ones. Deuteronomy in there. has all the laws. Um, <laughs> or, you know, Leviticus. That's one everyone knows, right? Like, if you, ju- it might oh, be yeah. hard to see it as like, oh, this is this beautiful love letter that's, you know, written from God to me, right? But the reality is, is you actually have to understand that there's context and um, the Bible wasn't written yeah. to you, but it was written for you. Um, yeah. So, but the the reality is, is all of it, it, it points to Jesus in somehow. So we have to read everything in the Bible, um, with the lens of like, oh, okay, how is this pointing to Jesus? Um, and then once you start to do that, things will start clicking and it'll be incredible. Um, it'll blow your mind. So if you haven't done yeah. it, go read your Bible. But anyways, if you haven't read your Bible, right. And you don't actually know what God's word says, how in the heck are you going to know how Jesus would respond in a situation? How are you going to know? how God would respond and what his thoughts toward that are and what his character and his nature is. If you haven't spent any time with him. Right. And it's because here's the thing. Um, there's a balance right between being free and open in relationship. Um, but then also being like grounded in his word. Right. Because if I never read his word ever. Right. And I'm just like, Oh no, I don't want to be religious. I'm just going to sit and sip coffee on the porch with Jesus. And that's the only thing. And I never read his word. Then things are going to get weird because I'm not going to actually know what he's already said. And I'm not going to have anything to weigh what I'm feeling or experiencing or hearing against. Right. And so that's what the word is. It keeps us grounded. Right. Because when our experiences with God in relationship with him, you know, that secret place going into your bedroom and like in prayer, his word that he speaks now is never going to contradict his word that's already written. Right. Yeah. But how would I know that if I don't know the word? (laughs) Um, right. So, so it's a balance. Hey, 
like, no, you don't want to be religious and just because you can study the scriptures all day long and you can know everything there is about God, but never actually know him. But at the same time, you can't get so loosey goosey and free from religion uh, that you're not grounded in anything. So then you're just tossed to and fro with nothing to keep you grounded because you're just believing every thought you hear that comes into your mind. But the reality is, is every thought that comes into your mind isn't God. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Hmm. Could do a whole nother podcast on that one sentence there. (laughs) True. (laughs) Next up, hearing God's voice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, that's good, man. Like there's, yeah, I think it's just, it's important to just be grounded in truth Mm. and to know truth. Like it is just so, so important that we know truth because life can give you so many circumstances and almost all of them are out of your control, you know? And it's like, so now how do we, how do we stay controlled in things that are uncontrolled? Right. And how do we see through the eyes of love in every situation? And if we just simply read First Corinthians 14, where it talks about love, like it's it's pretty, I don't know, it's pretty sobering of what it really says about love, like what love is. And if we see that God loves us that way, and now our the way that we love can outwork in that same way, yeah, it gets pretty sobering. Mm. Because we realize that, man... Like we failed, like a lot of times we do fail and it's like, but at the end of the day, like there's not one situation, there's not one moment where God ever turns away from us, Mm. you know? And it's like, when we just see that perspective that often we can walk into a situation and we got circumstances just coming from every angle, emotions coming from every angle. And now we walk into situations and we realize that once we're out of them that we kind of failed and we didn't Mm. really (laughs) do the best that we could, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know, it gets, you can beat yourself up and all this stuff, but God's never doing that. Mm. So you should never do that to yourself, you know? And Mm. if we just know and are we grounded in truth, like we can walk out those situations and, you know, we can come out of them and, be on the other side and we can just be like man i did a good job in that that's awesome and we can just worship god and just thank him for revealing truth that Mm. we can walk through situations that are hard you know yeah and yeah and i think i think often oh my bad (laughs) um one more one more sentence yeah just from the perspective thing like we like our situations can sometimes just become so kind of heavy and all of a sudden we're actually asking questions like oh god where are you where are you where are you and it's like the truth is he's right at the right hand of god pleading for our mercy right and it's like that those kind of thoughts are just so sobering because it's his mercy that lets us walk through situations and it's his grace that lets us walk through them without failing in quotation marks you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. 
imagine if even failing is also a perspective, right? And it's like, yeah, we just stay sober and we stay mm. just grounded in truth. Yeah, because I, I mean, I think even in failing, like there's still a place of like rejoicing and worshiping God. Like if you walk out of a situation and you're like, oh man, like that wasn't, like I like I actually messed that up, man. Like that wasn't, I didn't respond in love or like I actually wasn't walking in the truth of Jesus. Like there's still yeah. a place of rejoicing in that moment because Holy Spirit's actually just shown you that, right? He's actually just shown yeah. you, hey, like that wasn't really, you know, what it looks like to walk in love, right? And and it actually reveals that the, the spirit of God is in you and that he's forming and shaping mm-hmm. you and that he's actually doing a work in you, right? So even when you mess it up, there's still a place of rejoicing and worshiping because in that moment, as soon as you realize that, you can be like, oh man, thank you, God, that Holy Spirit, you're inside of me and that you're actually teaching me and growing me and you're forming me into the image of Jesus. And you can just begin to thank mm-hmm. God and worship him because of what he's doing in your life. Even though you may have just messed that up, that doesn't negate the fact that he's transforming you, right? And that Holy yeah. Spirit still lives inside of you. Like just cause you mess up or, you know, you haven't made it or whatever. Like even if, you know, it's a really bad situation or, you know, it's been going on for really long or whatever, doesn't matter, right? Like the moment you realize, oh man, I was wrong. That is an opportunity right there for you to repent and to rejoice and yeah. to, to give God thanks because Holy Spirit is with you and he's revealing truth to you so that you can walk in a greater mm-hmm. level of that and you can become truth, right? You can become yeah. uh, love essentially, right? So right. no matter where you are, um, don't get den- don't get condemned if you haven't, you know, spent time with God or haven't been living from that place of truth or you haven't read your word or whatever it is. It's okay. God is with you. And um, so, yeah, so don't get condemned. Um, be encouraged. And uh, if you're feeling that conviction, then, man, just get alone with God and just thank him for his Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. for, for that conviction. Like, I think sometimes we, we look at these words like conviction and repentance and it can seem so heavy and, like, burdensome. Like, oh, like it's scary almost. Right. But the reality is, is God never intended for conviction or repentance to be that way. It's actually a joyful thing um, Mm -hmm. because it means he loves you if you're experiencing conviction or repentance. And here's the thing. Condemnation and uh, uh, conviction are not the same thing. And a really easy way to tell the difference is, does it feel heavy or does it feel light? Like if it's just like, oh, I'm guilty, but it feels light. Okay, that's conviction. Right. But if it feels heavy that's condemnation, right? Like, and God is not condemning you. Like there's actually no condemnation found in him. And so, um, if you're feeling that that's just not God. So you can just be like, whatever, that's not mine. God's not doing that. God's not doing that. He's not saying that. So I'm not taking it. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to take on everything you hear. Um, yeah. Topic for another time. But <laughs> yeah. So anyways, moral of the story, be encouraged, read your word because it'll reveal truth to you, but don't just read it. Seek to become it. 
Um, Man. Ernie, what's your favorite Bible verse right now? Um, First Peter, first chapter. The whole first chapter? Oh, the whole first chapter. Why? Just because of what the perspective it carries. Um, right at the beginning, it talks about, you know, God's faithfulness and the righteousness and then goes into our right standing with him. Mm. And it, like... It kind of just gives us, you know, like, hey, look, you're going to go through stuff. But if you carry this perspective, you'll be able to walk through it. Mm. And you'll be able to walk through it perfectly. Right? And yeah. that whole chapter is just, for me, has just been um, really kind of just life-giving recently. And... Yeah, I'm just super thankful for that one. Come so on. it's my favorite at the moment. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I'll share mine as well. Um, so I, um, I stay on this verse. So this is Romans 8. I'll just read <laughs> this little section here just because it's just, I just think it's so daggone good. Um, it's not a full chapter, but you, oh, you should read all of Romans 8. Really? Just read all of Romans. <laughs> Anyways. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Ooh, this is where it's getting good. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Mm. I just, oh man, I love that so much. (laughs) So good. Yeah. So, be encouraged. You have been adopted into sonship. Um, You're royalty in the kingdom of heaven. And uh, not just any royalty. You're not like the, you know, Hans from, uh, what is it, Frozen, you know, where he's just like the 13th brother and like gets no inheritance and has to go through a thousand. No, we're actually co-heirs with Christ. We're not sub-heirs, we're co-heirs. <laughs> um, so be encouraged with that. But anyways, um, not sure what we'll be talking about next time, but... Uh, I bet you it is going to be something really good. <laughs> so um, make sure you come back and um, yeah, tune in for next time because it's going to be lit. Thanks for listening to Encounter the Gospel. If you want to learn more or give financially and help us continue to create content like this to inspire others, you can go to our website at EncounterTheGospel.org.